Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. It is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul? Boy, that's a good question we ought to ask ourselves every now and again. I love that third verse. I believe that's my favorite verse of the song. I love the whole song. Boy, that third verse, my sin. And then the songwriter just pauses and he says, Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Oh, the bliss of this wonderful thought. Many times whenever our soul is at unrest, it's because of sin. It's because of things we've done. It's because of guilt that the devil's trying to come and remind us of our past. He says, my sin is nailed to the cross. And because of what Christ did for me, I don't have to bear it anymore. My soul can be at rest because of him. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Excellent job. Thank you, Miss Jim, for the instrumental offering. Appreciate everyone uses their gifts for the Lord. We're in Psalm 119, as I explained this morning. Uh, we've taken our Wednesday series on Psalm 119 and brought it to Sunday night. And so we're going to be continuing that series uh, here. Now, I know that several of you were taking notes on Sunday nights. I don't know if you noticed when you came in, we do have worksheets tonight. So if you normally use the worksheets on Wednesday nights and you want those, there are worksheets available there at each entrance. Does anyone want a worksheet? Didn't notice we have them that you'd like us to bring you one? Anybody at all? Jake will run and get you one if... Uh, if you need one, you, you, you knew that, didn't you, right? All right. Uh, it looks like, uh, it's a couple on the back back here, Jake, would like a worksheet. There's some out, out there on the table. When you go out the table to your left, there's some worksheets there. Anyone else that would want a worksheet, just hold your hand up. few hands being raised, Jake. Just bring the stack back and uh, pass those out to those that want worksheets. I meant to mention this morning that I was going to have worksheets available so you would know when you got here, but I forgot to mention that. So uh, anyway, we'll get these passed out to you. Just hold your hand up if you want one. Uh, Jake and Aaron will bring you a worksheet there if you want one of those, and then you can follow along as we look at this passage in Psalm 119. As we're passing these out, I just give a brief, a brief reminder of where we're at in Psalm. Psalm 119 is uh, the longest pa uh, passage of Scripture in the Word of God. Uh, Psalm 119 is a compilation of 20. Two stanzas. So there's 22 sections or stanzas in Psalm 119, and each of these stanzas, each of these sections, uh, contain eight verses, and each of the verses contain two lines each. I don't know that there's another passage of Scripture with this precise of detail in the way that is written, other than the Psalm uh, Psalm 119. So 22 stanzas. Each stanza contains each verses. Each verse contains two lines or two sentences, uh, and then each stanza is designated by a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so if you look here, the section we'll be looking at tonight starts in verse number 25, and if you look, you'll see just above that, you'll see the word, the Hebrew word, Daleth. Daleth. And so that is the Hebrew letter that designates this uh, stanza. Each stanza is designated by a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and when read in Hebrew, if you you were to read this psalm in the Hebrew language, you would find that each sentence in this section of eight verses would all start with that Hebrew letter. So this uh, stanza would all start, uh, each sentence would start with that word Daleth. It was a, an acrostic, and this acrostic was centered around the word of God. The subject matter of this psalm uh, is the Word of God and the benefit and the value 
of the Word of God. Uh, we do not know for precisely who wrote this psalm. There are several theories as to who wrote it. Many of the psalms at the beginning of the psalm, uh, there is a heading that tells you who the psalm was written by. Psalm 119 does not have that. There's a lot of theories as to who wrote it. And if you were here uh, on the Wednesday night when we began this study, we read from a couple commentators and their viewpoints as to who wrote this psalm. Myself, I, I tend to attribute it to David, uh, but I could be wrong. And it really doesn't matter who the human was that penned it because we know that it is the inspired Word of God regardless of who wrote it. But when we look at this psalm, as you study this psalm, uh, it seems that this psalm was written over a period of time. This is not something that the psalmist just sat down and wrote in one sitting, but this seems to be something uh, such as a journal that he kept. And as he meditated on the Word of God, he would add to this psalm until he compiled the end entire psalm. So tonight we're going to be looking at the fourth stanza of Psalm 119, which is verses 25 to 32, and it's identified with that Hebrew letter Daleth. In this stanza, we are presented with eight benefits that come to the person who applies the principles of God's Word to their life. My father, my dad used to always say this. He used to say, I don't care if you're saved or lost. If you follow the principles of this book, you will be blessed because of it. Uh, there are just benefits uh, that come to the person that follows the principles of the Word of God. Now those who are Christians who love God will get far more benefit, but the principles of the Word of God have benefit. Just as sin has natural consequences, the principles of the Word of God have natural benefit. And as we look at this stanza tonight, we're going to see eight benefits that come whenever we apply the Word of God to our life. Some of these uh, will be, uh, apply specifically to Christians and some uh, will be more general, but it's eight benefits that come to those that apply the Word of God. So we're going to read starting in verse number 25 down through verse number 32. The psalmist says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the worship, Lord, that we have enjoyed together already this evening. Thank you, dear Lord, for the ability, for the freedom, Lord, to be able to gather together, to lift our voices in praise to you. Oh, Lord, to, to, to sing to you about the love that you have for us. Father, I thank you that we're able to do that. Thank you how you minister to our hearts. Uh, Lord, as we remember how much you love us, Father, I thank you for it. Lord, it's been good to be here. It's good to 
see each one that is here. And Father, as we begin to look into this psalm, and Father, we look at some benefits of applying your word to our life. Father, I pray, Lord, that we will take these practical truths, and Lord, that we will begin to apply your word. Lord, we will see the benefit that comes from your word. Help us, Lord, to be people who live by the book. Help us to be people, Lord, who make the book uh, the center of our life, who build our lives upon the foundation of your word, uh, uh, Lord, who govern our lives according to the principle of your word, that, Lord, we might be people, uh, Father, who follow you and what you have given us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Bless in the service this evening. Lord, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here in this psalm we see the positive effect that is found by those who read, understand, and apply God's Word to their lives. And so we're going to take a few minutes this evening. We're going to consider each of these benefits. The first one that we see and each of these benefits come from one of the verses. So there's eight verses, eight benefits. And so the first one we see in verse number 25, and that is this, my soul is revived through his word. My soul is revived through his word. In verse number 25, the psalmist says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Have you ever found yourself in a state where you would describe yourself as if your soul cleaveth unto the dust? This is a person who has found himself not only on his knees, but he has found himself on his face on the ground. This is someone who is completely wiped out. This is someone who is completely done and finished. His soul cleaveth cleaveth unto the dust. He says here, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. What is the solution? What is the remedy? Quicken thou me according to thy word. We see here that the person who is in this state is someone who can be revived through the word of God. We see here when we consider our soul being revived that his word can be the remedy for a place of discouragement. His word can provide the remedy for a place of discouragement. His word can encourage, it can revive, it can encourage those that are discouraged. It can lift up those that who have failed to go along the way. His soul can be revived when in a time of discouragement. We see that his word is the remedy not only for discouragement, but his soul, excuse me, his word is the remedy for depression. His soul is the remedy for a person that has found themselves in a state of depression. And boy, I'm telling you what, there are many things, many places, many situations that will leave us frail human beings in a place of depression, a place of no joy, a place of not being able to, to dream about the future, a place of feeling that we're stuck in the grind and we can never move forward and find ourselves in a place of depression. The Word of God can revive not only the discouraged soul, but the Word of God can revive the depressed soul. The Word of God can bring hope. It can bring promise. It can bring an outlook for the future that can lift the soul of the one that is depressed. Not only can it revive the discouraged soul and revive the depressed soul, but His Word can revive the defeated 
soul. Have you ever found yourself feeling that you were defeated, that you had lost, that everything was against you and there was no way you could come out of the place that you were in? His Word can revive the defeated soul. The Bible tells us when we get into the Word of God that we are victors through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that we come out on the winning side. The Bible tells us that this is not our eternal home. This is not the end. There is a better life and the Word of God can revive the defeated soul. We see here that my soul can be revived through His Word. His Word is the remedy for a discouraged soul. It's the remedy for a depressed soul and His Word is the remedy for a defeated soul. The thing is though that oftentimes we do not apply the Word of God. Therefore, we do not experience the remedy that comes from His Word. This morning I mentioned that I've had this uh, head cold for a while now and Melissa will come to me and she'll say, here, take this medicine. And I'll be like, okay, whatever, and I'll take one of them. And two or three days later, I'll complain again about my head cold. And she'll say, have you been taking that medicine I gave you? I'll be like, well, I took that one that you brought me. I put the box in the drawer and I haven't taken any more. The remedy, the remedy doesn't help unless you apply it. You have to apply the remedy if you're going to get help from the remedy. And oftentimes when we find ourselves discouraged, depressed, and defeated, we fail to apply the remedy. Now, when I was a kid, and I haven't taken any of this since I was a kid, but my mom was a real believer in Alka-Seltzer. Y'all remember Alka-Seltzer? She was a believer in that stuff. And I believe the, I think the reason she believed in it so much is because you had to really be sick to ask for it. I mean, you know, there wasn't none of this, oh, mom, I don't feel good, you know. I, uh, maybe I won't go to school today. She'd be like, here, take one of these. Plop. And you're like, no, I feel better. I'm good. I, I don't need that no more. Uh-uh, I don't want that. But you know what? Every, time, every now and again, you would get, you'd get to a point to where you'd be like, if it'll give me some relief, let me have it. But you know what? Oftentimes taking medicine isn't easy. A lot of times medicine is bitter tasting. A lot of times the treatment that you have to go through to get relief is difficult. You can have a tooth that's causing you a lot of pain, but to get that removed causes even more pain. A lot of times the treatment can be difficult. And a lot of times when you're discouraged and depressed and defeated, it's hard to find the energy to get into the book. But if you're able, the book is the remedy it can revive the discouraged, the depressed, and the defeated soul. The next benefit that we see here, if I'm not careful, I'm, I'm going to go too fast or I'm going to go too slow. So y'all just have to monitor me here, all right? But uh, the next thing that we see, the next benefit is in verse number 26. The psalmist says, I have declared my ways, and thou hurtest me, teach me, Thy statutes. Here in this verse, I see a benefit that we can gain from the Word of God is that my way is refined by His Word. My way is refined by His Word. He says here, I have declared my way. In other words, I have said this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. This is the direction that I want to go. This is the ideas that I have for my life. This is the ideas of the things that I want to accomplish. This is my way that I want to go. You've heard what I've said, but before I go, here's what I want you to do. Lord, I want you to teach me your statutes. 
You know what? We have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of dreams. We have a lot of things that we want to accomplish, a lot of places that we want to go, but we find that our goal, our way, can be refined through the Word of God. The book of Judges uh, is a most interesting book to read. You read the book of Judges and you read all these horrific things that people did and you're like, how in the world could people do this? How could they get to this point? How could they behave this way? And the Bible says all through the book of Judges, matter of fact, the key phrase of the book of Judges is this, uh, that every man did that uh, which was right uh, in his own eyes. And because every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes, uh, it resulted in a generation uh, that was pure, pure, pure terrible, uh, for lack of a better word. It was an awful generation because every man followed what he thought was right. Whenever you look at the day in which we live, there are many, many people who are trying to follow that exact philosophy. Every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. You know, the problem with that is we don't know what is right. And whenever a man begins to try and determine what is right based on his own reasoning without a moral foundation, you will find a generation of people that have no basis. Boy, if you just listen to some of the stuff that people say today, I try not to listen because it just makes my head spin. I'm like, how do you come up with this stuff? But the problem is they have no moral foundation and they're building simply on on what they like, what pleases them, what makes them happy, what makes them comfortable with no moral basis, and it's pure chaos. The psalmist said, I've declared the way that I want to go. He said, but what I want you to do is refine my way. I want to build on the foundation of the Word of God. You know what you may say, uh, boy, I would like to do this, or maybe a young person would like to say, I would like to be this when I grow up, or so forth and so on. This is what I want to be. But Lord, let me allow your word to be the guide that I follow. Let this be the moral foundation on which I build everything that I'm going to stand on. My way is refined by His Word. Whenever we look at this, we see that His Word can direct my path. The Bible says, Thy Word is a light unto my feet, or a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. God's Word can direct our path. God's Word can determine my outlook. Boy, some of these things you hear folks talking about, look into the Word of God and let the Word of God develop how you see things. Let the Word of God be your guide. Boy, I'm telling you, there's so many things that I hear people talk about and they, they say, well, this is, what the, this is what the studies show and this is what the statistics show and, and we believe that this is the best way because of all these studies and all these statistics and I say, what about the Bible? I don't care what your studies say. I don't care what your statistics say. We have to form our outlook according to the Word of God. It can determine my outlook and also my way is refined by the Word because the Word of God can protect me from error. You know what? I've had some ideas before myself. I remember one time several years ago, I hadn't been preaching very long, and I got up and I preached an entire message. 
entire message. I was excited about this message. Preached the whole message and uh, felt good about it when I was done. That was a good message, you know, and uh, nobody really said anything, you know, other than just uh, common, you know, hey, thank you, so forth and so on. And I go home and I begin to study further that week. And Brother Ted, I'm like, oh my goodness, I was absolutely wrong. <laughs> there, That's... That, no, I that was completely wrong. That is not what the Bible teaches. And then I was having a conversation with someone, and they asked me, they said, what are you going to be preaching on Sunday? I said, I'm going to be apologizing for last week's message. That's what I'm going to be preaching on. And I got up, and I'm like, hey, uh, here's what we're going to be preaching on this morning. Before we get started, I just want to tell you, everything I preached last week was wrong. That was wrong. What I said was wrong. I had things in the wrong chronological order. That is not how it happens. I'm sorry. Let's start over. And we had to start over and go on. The Bible protects you from error. That's a funny story right there. And more study, it helped me to realize where I was at. But you know what? Sometimes we get some harebrained ideas. Boy, I think that sounds good. I think that would work. I think this would be an awesome thing to try. The Word of God refines my way in that it protects me from making those errors. So we see that my soul is revived through His Word. My way is refined by His Word. But then in verse number 27, I see that my understanding is is renewed in His Word. My understanding is renewed in His Word. In verse number 27, He says, Make me to understand the way of Thy precepts, so shall I talk of Thy wondrous works. Make me to understand the way of Thy precepts, so shall I talk of Thy wondrous works. My understanding is renewed in His Word. I see that His Word, first of all, this goes along with the one we just looked at. It clarifies my thoughts. It brings clarity to the fogginess that exists in my mind. But not only does it clarify my thoughts, but the understanding His Word convinces my heart. He clarifies my thoughts and then He convinces my heart. I, I tell you this, and I, tell you, I say this with as much sincerity as, as I can have. I believe this book. And the more I study it, the more I preach it, the more I read it, the more I get into it, the more I'm convinced of this book. I absolutely believe this book. I believe it is true. I believe it's inerrant. I believe it applies. I believe it's been proven. I believe it stood the test of time. I absolutely believe this book and spending time in this book has renewed my understanding and has convinced my heart that this book is the Word of God. And if I want to have the best life, I will live my life according to the principles of of this book. I am 100% convinced of this book. But boy, I'm telling you what, we live in a day when more and more and more people are making this book simply another reference book in a stack of reference books and they pick and choose what they want and what they want to apply. But whenever we apply ourselves to the book, a benefit is our understanding is renewed and our heart is convinced of this book. Someone uh, someone said the other day, they said, well, if you believe that book, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything that you believe the book because you choose to believe it. You could choose to believe anything. And I say to them, you're exactly right. I do choose to believe it. Why do I choose to believe it? Because I have been convinced 
of the truth of this book. It clarifies my thoughts. It convinces my heart. But in that verse, verse number 27, he says, So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. Whenever our understanding is renewed in the Word of God, we find out it clarifies my thoughts, convinces my heart, but it controls my tongue. When my understanding is renewed, the Word of God controls my tongue. I find that the more time I spend in the Word of God, the more familiar I become with the Word of God, the more of the Word of God I commit to my memory, I find out that my arguments, if you want to call it that, my debates, my discussions, have more and more and more of the Word of God in them. When you're not familiar with the Word of God, your arguments, discussions, debates are filled with your opinions, your ideas, what you think, what you have heard. But whenever you put yourself, apply yourself to the Word of God, you will find that your answers are filled with Scripture. There's been a few discussions that I've had over the last few months, and I've and I've even I've even wondered at myself as the Holy Spirit brings Scripture to memory. And as I'm discussing with the person, I'm quoting this Scripture and this Scripture. And I'm saying, but that can't be right because the Bible says this. That can't apply because the Bible says this. And Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, it controls my tongue. The Bible tells us that thy word is truth. So if I want to communicate truth to those that I'm discussing with, how better to communicate truth than to have this book being the substance that is controlling my tongue. I want to say that we see in this book that my understanding is renewed. It clarifies my thoughts. It convinces my heart. It controls my tongue, number four, verse number 28, I find that my strength is restored through His Word. My strength is restored through His Word. In verse number 28, the Bible says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. The psalmist says, My soul melteth because of heaviness. There is more on me than I can bear, and my soul is failing. I am getting weak spiritually. I am getting weak internally because of the heaviness that is upon me. How do I strengthen myself in a time of trial and heaviness? How do I find strength? He says, strengthen thou me according to thy word. How does the word of God strengthen us? I believe, first of all, it strengthens us in that it relieves my burdens. The Bible says, cast your burdens onto the Lord for he careth for you. We can take our burden and we can give it to the Lord. He speaks here of heaviness. I believe that the word of God restores my strength in relieving my burden. Have you ever been carrying something that was heavier than you could handle? I was cutting some trees down at my house the other day and Jake was there helping me. And I cut a, a tree down, and it was a, a pretty good-sized log, and it was all the way across my driveway. And uh, I limbed it up a little bit, uh, and I went to pick one end up, and I thought, that's a little bit heavy. I'm going to wait and get some help with that. And then I went on to get something else, and I turned around, and Jake done picked it up and moved it all by himself. 
That relieved my heaviness. I didn't have to deal with it. Jake just picked it up and moved it out of the driveway. But you know what? Sometimes we are carrying things that are too heavy and we're beginning to get broken down under the weight of what we're carrying. But whenever we allow Christ to take our burden, our strength is restored because we're no longer burdened under that heaviness. Not only will His Word relieve my burden, but His Word restores my strength in restoring my soul. He says, my soul melteth. But whenever he takes our burden, he restores the soul. And then we see that he revives my being. He strengthens me through his word. So we see my strength is restored through his word. Number five, we see that my desires are reformed by his word. My desires are reformed by his word. In Psalm 119, verse number 29, the Bible says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously. I see here that the word of God, first of all, exposes my transgression. Now, boy, sometimes we run from the word of God because of that very reason. We don't want to hear the preaching and teaching of the word of God because we're afraid that the word of God may expose my transgression. But as Christians, it ought to be our desire to be able to get a closer and closer relationship to the Lord, to be more and more like Him. And whenever we get into the Word of God, the Word of God begins to show us and reveal to us the areas in our life where we need sanctification, the areas in our life where we need to develop to become more like Christ. The Word of God uh, reforms us, first of all, by exposing our transgression. Uh, Kaylee, can I tell a funny story on you from yesterday? Uh, so yesterday, Kaylee was at the house, her and Jake was at the house, and we were having spaghetti for dinner, and uh, we, uh, Emma and Ava were also there, uh, and Emma and Ava were eating spaghetti, and Michaela said, aren't babies cute whenever they have spaghetti on their face? And I said to Michaela, yeah, and mamas are too. And she's like, what? Do I have spaghetti on my face? Sure enough, she had a little bit of spaghetti on her face there. But you know what? Until someone revealed it, she had no idea that there was a little bit of spaghetti there on her face. You know what? Oftentimes, uh, you can look in a mirror and you say, oh my, here is a problem. Uh, this needs to be fixed. Uh, just before uh, service started, I looked in the mirror. My hair was standing up back here, and I tried my best to mash it down. I said, that's going to distract everybody with that hair sticking up. And I believe it's sticking up again now. I can't tell. But we look, at the, we look in the mirror, and it exposes a problem. It exposes something that needs to be fixed. And that's what the Word of God does. It reforms us by exposing our transgression. Not only does it expose our transgression, but the Word of God reforms me by encouraging holiness in my life. The Word of God encourages me to live holy. It tells me that there are benefits to those that live a holy life. It tells me the promises that come to those that keep themselves from sin. It tells me of the diseases that I can avoid, the stress that I can avoid, the heartache that I can avoid if I live a holy life. So it reforms me by exposing my transgression. It reforms me by encouraging me to live holy. But then the Word of God also reforms me in that it enables me to live victoriously. The Word of God tells me how 
to live victoriously. This morning we looked at the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ and we seen how that even in the most severe time of temptation, our Savior was able to be victorious because he relied on the Spirit of God and on the Word of God. So we see that this book reforms me in that it exposes my transgression. It encourages me to live holy, but then it also tells me how to gain victory over those weaknesses in my life. Next of all, in verse number 30, we see another benefit that comes to those that apply the Word of God. And we see here that my direction is revealed in His Word. My direction, the way that I should go, is revealed in his word, in verse number 30, the Bible says, I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. We see here that my direction is revealed in his word. How is it that my direction is revealed in his word? The psalmist says, I've chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. What do we see here? We see, first of all, that the word of God contains the truth. As we said just a moment ago, the Bible tells us thy word is truth. In the Sunday school class this morning, we were looking at the Word of God and that God is the author of this book and that God uh, is a truth and He spoke truth. This Word is truth. And so we understand when we look at this book uh, that this book contains uh, the truth. It contains the answer. It contains the right way. Uh, and so our direction is revealed in looking at the truth, but then our direction is revealed uh, in that His Word not only contains the truth, but His Word converts uh, our way as we just seen in the previous point uh, as our desires are reformed according to his word as uh, his word uh, changes our direction it converts uh, our way uh, he said I have chosen the way of truth uh, but then we see uh, thy judgments have I laid before me when I think of that I can see here that the psalmist says I have chosen the way of truth this is the way that I'm going to go. I have decided to go somewhere before. You have as well. We've decided to go from where we're at to a different location. We say this is the way I'm going to go. This is where I'm headed. I have chosen to go this way. When Melissa and I went to Israel, we flew out of Raleigh. And so we were going to go from here to Raleigh. And we looked at the map and there were a couple of different ways you could get there. None of them looked any good. But we said this is the one that we're going to take. This is the way that we're going to go to get to Raleigh. And then when we started on our way, what did we do? We turned on our directions. I don't remember if we used Siri on my phone or whatever app she has on her phone. But anyway, we uh, turned on some directions and we said we're going to follow these directions to take us on this direction, the way that we have chosen. This map is going to show us how to get there. What is it that I'm trying to say? Well, the psalmist says, I have chosen to follow the way of this book, but also I have set it in front of me like a road map. So once I have chosen it, it will continue to guide me wherever I might go. Whenever I worked for Clayton Holmes, I didn't have a smartphone that told you how to get where you were going. But instead, I had a GPS that I mounted in the dash of my truck. And whenever they'd give me an address, I'd type the address in that GPS, and off I'd go. And I found houses, no problem at all. I mean, I could just find those houses, that little GPS, take me wherever I needed to go. But then I got a smartphone. And I'm like, well, I don't need the GPS no more. My smartphone has a GPS on it. So I'll just use this instead of the GPS. So I throw the GPS out of the truck and off I go with the smartphone. And some of uh, those houses we sold at Clayton were about in the middle of nowhere where they hadn't heard of cell phones yet. And so I'm going along following my little cell phone and then it says, no service. 
And when it says no service, it says, I don't know where you need to go. And so here I am out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know where to go. I mean, the last thing I saw in here was I still had 32 miles to go. Uh, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know how to get there. So I turn around, and I drive back out until I'm watching the bars to find, okay, okay, here's some service. And so then I get a pen and paper, and I'm writing down. Now I've got to do this, do this, do this, and then turn around and go back to try and find my way in. You see what? We need something that's reliable. We need something that is going to continue to guide us. We see here that our direction is revealed in His Word. It contains the truth. It converts our way, but it continues to guide. God doesn't get us to a certain point in life and say, okay, you're on your own now. No, we can continue to return to His Word over and over and over again, and His Word will continue to guide every step of the way. The seventh one that we see, verse number 31 is my faith is resolved to his word. My faith is resolved to his word. I love this verse. The psalmist says in verse number 31, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. You know what? Whenever you follow the word of God, sinners are going to mock you. Religious people are going to question you. People are going to doubt why you have decided to follow the Word of God. There may be something that you've decided to do uh, outside of the Word of God, something uh, just uh, something not, not moral in any way. Uh, and as you're doing it, people are like, are you sure that's going to work? You think that's going to work? Uh, uh, are you sure? And you just continue doing it, hoping that it's going to work. Have you ever found yourself there? Uh, uh, maybe your car says it's out of gas like I did when I was coming back from uh, the conference and you're like, I'm hoping uh, uh, that I'm just going to stick to my plan. I'm not stopping at any of Melissa's gas stations. I'm hoping that it works, you know, that kind of situation. I've stuck uh, to my plan. I hope it don't let me down. The psalmist says here in verse number 31, I have stuck unto thy testimonies. O Lord, Put me not to shame. Lord, I've been questioned, I've been doubted, I've been ridiculed, but I have stuck under thy testimonies. I have determined that this is what I'm going to do. I have determined that I am going to follow them. I have determined that this is the way I'm going to live. I have stuck to them. I've stuck to them in the face of adversity. I've stuck to them in time of blessing. I've stuck to them in times that I went without. I have stuck to your word. Oh, Lord... Don't let me be ashamed. I've stuck to them. Don't let me be ashamed. I believe that we see here that the psalmist faith is resolved to follow the word of God. Whenever I look at this, I see, first of all, that the word of God is relatable. This book applies to me. If you read the Word of God, you will find passages of Scripture that speak directly to you. His Word is relatable, and that draws me to it. I find that His Word is reliable over and over and over in my life, in the life of my dad, in the life of friends and mentors. I have seen testimony that this book has proved itself reliable. It has proved itself, uh, it has proven itself. It has proven its worth. It's relatable. It's drawn me to it. It's reliable. It's proved its worth. But then David says, oh, let me not be ashamed. And I find that this book is rewarding. Those that live by this book have no regret. 
Now the world in which we live in is full of people who have regret. Boy, I wish I'd have done this different. I wish I'd have done that different. I, I wish that I would have, I wish I'd have lived my life differently. I don't like how my life is coming to an end. I don't like where I'm at in my personal life. I don't, those that follow the word of God, the word of God will never, ever, ever let you down. It'll never let you be ashamed. It will always come through. The psalmist said, my faith is resolved to his word. And then the last one, verse number 32, my doubt is removed from his word. may not want to admit it, but I believe that every person who is a follower of Christ in some form or fashion, to some degree or another, at some time or some place, have questioned, is it really the right way? Is it really the answer? Do I believe this because mom and dad told me to or do I believe it because it's real? Do I, do I follow this book because it's proven or do I follow it because I don't know anything else? I believe that every person at some point in their life to some degree or another have had some degree of question concerning this book. Now faithfully all of us that are here tonight have apparently decided to continue in this book but I believe that everyone at some time or another have questioned concerning this book. Some may have questioned concerning this book before salvation. Some may accept Christ as a young child and then as they get into their teenage and adult years they begin to look back and they begin to wonder why did I do that? Was that sincere? And the devil he loves to jump on people's back. He loves to create doubt in the mind of people. He loves to create question. And so we see here that I believe everyone at some time or another maybe has had some doubt concerning his word. But whenever you spend time in the book you will find that our doubt is removed from His Word. The more you live by the book, the more you see the book prove itself, the more you apply the principles and receive the promises, you realize that it's worth depending on and our doubt is removed. I see here in verse number 32, the psalmist says, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Three things I see here concerning his doubt being removed. First of all, I see the psalmist's dedication to the book. His doubt's removed and he says, I will. I have decided that this is the way for me. This is what I'm going to do. No longer any doubt, no longer any hesitation, no longer any question, no longer comparing it to other men's ideas. I will. I am dedicated to the book. But then we see not only his dedication, but we see his determination. He said, I will run. This isn't something that I'm going to take slowly. This isn't something we're going to try a little bit at a time. I have decided that I am giving it my all. I am diving in. I am consuming as much of it as I can consume. I will run. I am going to pursue this book. We see his dedication, his determination, and then we see the direction he has decided to go. I will run the way of thy commandments. Lord, you have proven your book to me. You have proven that it's reliable. You've proven that it's trustworthy. You've proven that it's stood the test of time. I don't have any doubts about my faith in this book. I will run. 
in the way of thy testimonies. Whenever we apply the word of God, all doubts are removed. This evening I ask you this question. Are you experiencing the benefits of applying the word of God? I believe that every person ought, every Christian ought to be a student of the Word of God. I believe we should read it. I believe we should study it. I believe we should seek to understand it. I believe that we should be people who endeavor to know the Word of God. It is the foundation of our salvation. It is the guidebook for our Christian life. There is no way that you can be successful in this life outside of the principles of this book. The benefits of applying the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Word. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Word. Thank you, Lord, that from a child I've been exposed to your Word. Thank you, dear Lord, how I've seen your Word tried. I've seen it proven. I've seen it stand the test of time. I pray, dear Lord, that we will continue to be students of the Word of God. Lord, that we will study to show ourselves approved unto God. Lord, that we will seek to know the treasures that are found in your word. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Bless us now as we go our different ways home. Bless us throughout this week. And Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.